Good morning and welcome to the Product of IT Cybersecurity Daily number 440. It is Tuesday, September 28th, 2021. I'm your host, Scott Gumbar, and Massive Attack takes out numerous VoIP providers. This podcast is brought to you by Nuage Tech, a client-focused and security-minded IT consultant based in Central Connecticut. You can visit us at nuagetech.com. That's N-W-A-J-Tech.com. Good morning, happy Tuesday, and happy Sun's Day. Saw multiple posts yesterday on Monday celebrating Sun's Day. But the truth is it's today, not yesterday. Uh, so just goes to show how fast misinformation can pass be passed around on social media and on the internet so something to think about check your facts before you share and all that good stuff right but that's not the purpose of this podcast so we'll move on from that and ask that wherever you listen to this if you could like share comment or review that would be great wonderful stupendous and if you're in a HIPAA compliant business you can go to facebook and or linkedin type get HIPAA compliance into the search and join that group. Also, if you're in business at all, you can go to facebook.com slash groups slash Main Street Networking and join that group where we have um, masterminds all over the place, speed networking, virtual speed networking, all over the place. All of our meetings are virtual. We do all kinds of fun stuff within the group, and um, we're just getting warmed up. Lots more to come. So if you're in business, join that group. We had a fun-filled mastermind this morning, 7.30 a.m. Eastern. If you missed that, then sign up for next week. All right, let's jump into the news. First up, Microsoft Nobelium uses custom malware to backdoor Windows domains. Microsoft has discovered new malware used by Nobelium Hacking Group to deploy additional payloads and steal sensitive info from Active Directory Federation Services, ADFS for short. Nobelium, the threat actor behind last year's SolarWinds supply chain attack that led to compromise of several U.S. federal agencies, is the hacking division of Russian Foreign Intelligence Service, commonly known as APT-29, the Dukes, or Cozy Bear. So, you probably, it's been... Believe it or not, we're closing in on a year since that became daylight, uh, the SolarWinds attack. Um, it's hard to believe it's been a year, almost a year already. In April, the United States government formally accused the SVR division of carrying out the broad scope cyber espionage campaign. Uh, cybersecurity firm Velexity also linked the attacks to APT-29 operators based on tactics observed in previous incidents going back to 2018. So this has been used in the wild since 2020, April of 2021. And uh, it's now being used to compromise Windows domains. And what that means is Active Directory Federation services. So if you are using Active Directory, this is probably something to pay attention to. Here are some steps to take if you believe you've been breached or compromised. Audit on-prem and cloud infrastructure, including configuration per user and per app settings, forwarding rules, and other changes that the actor might have made to maintain their access. Forwarding rules are important. I see this happen a lot, not just with this particular vulnerability, but in general, emails get compromised and forwarding rules are set up and it creates all kinds of havoc on uh, 
the end user and potentially a business. Remove user and app access, review configurations for each, and reissue new strong credentials following undocumented, or I'm sorry, following documented industry best practices. Use a hardware security module as described in securing ADFS servers, which is a document on Microsoft's site, docs.microsoft.com. I'm not going to give you the full URL, but it's securing ADFS servers to prevent the exfiltration of secrets. Uh, and that's by Foggy Web. So go check that out if you're using Active Directory in your environment. Ethereum Dev admits to helping North Korea evade crypto sanctions. Cryptocurrency expert Virgil Griffith pled guilty today to assisting the Democratic People's Republic of Korea in evading U.S. sanctions by conspiring to violate the International Emergency Economic Powers Act, IEEPA, and Executive Order 13466. Griffith, who worked as a special projects dev and researcher for the Ethereum Foundation, was arrested in November of 2019 by the FBI. His arrest happened after he traveled to North Korea to give a presentation on how to use cryptocurrency and blockchain tech, i.e. smart contracts, to launder money and evade sanctions. So that's not really smart. He faces 20 years in prison. Um, you know, we, we knew these things would happen. I wonder what the impact to Ethereum was today, if any. Uh, I'm going to check that now and see if there's an update because I do... Yeah, it was down 1.6, as of right now, as of this recording, down 1.69%, which really isn't that much, um, considering. But there you have it. Bandwidth.com is the latest victim of DDoS attacks against VoIP providers. There was, if, if you use VoIP, you probably are aware, VoIP, almost any VoIP server service, you're probably aware there was an issue today. Bandwidth.com has become the latest victim of distributed denial service attacks against VoIP providers this month, leading to nationwide voice outages over the past few days. Bandwidth is a voice over internet protocol services company that provides voice telephony over the internet to businesses and resellers. Starting September 25th, which was three days ago, Bandwidth began reporting that they were experiencing unexpected failures with their voice and messaging services. Bandwidth is investigating an incident impacting voice and messaging services. Calls and messages may experience unexpected failures. All teams are actively engaged, recording, reported Bandwidth on their status page. Since then, Bandwidth has been providing frequent status updates detailing outages affecting voice enhanced 911 services, messaging, and access to the portal. As Bandwidth is one of the leading telephony Providers for U.S. voiceover IP companies, many other VoIP vendors reported outages over the past few days, including Twilio, Accent, Dialpad, Phone.com, and RingCentral. So this is uh, pretty far-reaching, and I can tell you there are lots more um, VoIP providers, including uh, we use Citricom, and that was down. I believe it's restored now. I was wondering why the phone was so quiet today. Um, this is developing and this they do believe I don't see it in this article but it is believed to be using the same bots uh, I forget the name at the moment but the same ones that hit um, Russian web oh, Yandex I think it was Yandex I could be wrong on that uh, but same they believe it's the same bot network 
that hit them with a DDoS attack, which was considered to be the largest at that time. I don't know if this is going to surpass, but we'll see. Fifth of healthcare providers report increases in patient mortality after a ransomware attack. Um, so 20% of all healthcare providers are saying that if they're hit with a ransomware attack, there is an increase in mortality rates. And then, so there's an article on HIPAAjournal.com that reviews the statistics of ransomware attacks and what it was done by Punamon Institute. 22% of healthcare orgs said patient mortality increased after ransomware attack. Um, some other numbers to point out during the past two years, 43% of respondents said their org had suffered a ransomware attack and out of those, 67% said that they had one while 33% said they had more than one, which again goes to show probably that they paid and shows that paying puts a bigger target on you. Um, involved. So they surveyed 597 healthcare orgs, including integrated delivery networks, community hospitals, and regional health systems. The cost of ransomware attacks in the healthcare industry had been determined in previous Poneman Institute survey with the data presented in the IBM Security Cost of Data Breach Report in 2021. Cost had risen to an average of $9.23 million per incident. So you tell me, can your healthcare organization afford $9 million? Simple question. Can they afford $9 million? Um, if you're interested in the rest of the the numbers here, it again is on HIPAAjournal.com. I'm not going to go over the whole thing. Suffice it to say, ransomware is still and will continue to be a big, big, big problem for all industries, but healthcare is at the top of that list. It's not going away. Data breaches reported by Vista Radiology, Indian Creek Foundation, and Mankato Clinic. Knoxville, Tennessee-based Vista Radiology has notified 3,634 patients about a ransomware attack experienced on July 11th, which took part of its network offline. A leading computer forensic firm was engaged to conduct a full investigation of the attack, and the initial investigation appeared to suggest the sole purpose of the attack was to encrypt its system, and data exfiltration was not involved. You cannot rule that out. And now, yes, so as you can see here, Vista Radiology was informed on July 15th that some evidence had been found that files or folders containing patient data had been accessed and viewed. So it is going to, I, you know, I don't know why anybody continues to use that as a part of their press release, I suppose you could say. You can assume exfiltration at this point. Just assume it because more than likely it's happened. Indian Creek Foundation has notified 2,405 patients about a ransomware attack that occurred on February 6th, which was more than six months ago, so I'm not sure why it took so long, but steps were immediately taken to contain the attack, and third-party computer forensic specialists were engaged to investigate the security breach. The investigation confirmed certain files and folders have been exfiltrated from the systems prior to the use of ransomware to encrypt files. On or around April 15th, a programmatic and manual review of all affected files were conducted to, con to determine which patients were affected. Uh, you know, the patients should have been notified long before that. Mankato, Minnesota-based Mankato Clinic has discovered a breach of the protected health information of 535 patients. On August 3rd, 2021, a spreadsheet containing patient data was emailed to an external email 
account and error by an employee. The error was detected within a few minutes and the recipient was contacted and told to delete the email and spreadsheet. Recipient confirmed that the email had been deleted and the spreadsheet had not been opened. However, the email was not encrypted. So there you go. Encryption. Encryption, encryption, encryption. You don't want to get encrypted by the bad guys, but we're still not doing our part to encrypt the data in transit and at rest. It's not happening the way it should be. Um, 535 patients as a result, which is barely reportable. But if it was an encrypted email, would have never had to been reported. The Vice Society ransomware gang claims to have conducted a ransomware attack on the California healthcare provider United Health Centers of San Joaquin Valley. United Health Centers operates more than ten. I'm sorry, more than twenty community health centers in Fresno, Kings, and Tulare counties. The Vice Society ransomware gang emerged mid 2021 and is believed to be a spinoff of the Hello Kitty ransomware operation. The gang is known to use a variety of methods to gain access to victims' networks, including exploiting vulnerabilities such as print nightmare bugs. The gang is known for exfiltrating data from victims' networks prior to the use of ransomware to encrypt files. Data are then published on a data leak site to pressure victims into paying the ransom. This attack appears to be no exception. Bleeping Computer reports it was notified on August 31st about the ransomware attack on the United Health Centers by a trusted member of the cybersecurity community who said the healthcare provider's entire network was shut down as a result of the attack. So interesting is doesn't appear that um, Vice Society, I'm sorry, that um, United Health Centers reported the attack, that it was reported through a third-party cybersecurity person. Um, and Bleeping Computer and DataBreaches.net have both reached out to United Health Centers multiple times but have not received a response. So that is not a good sign. does not indicate how many people may be impacted by this, but 20 community health centers would mean probably a significant number of people. Maybe one of the largest ones this year. We'll see. That is going to do it for this edition of the Product of IT Cybersecurity Daily. So until tomorrow, stay healthy, stay safe, and stay secure.